It is the Colby Daniels Podcast on a Wednesday. Aaron Davis, what is happening, my friend? Not much, just uh, hanging out, enjoying uh, baseball season, I guess, man. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, uh, it's officially baseball season, right? About, uh, yeah. Although, I, I feel like it's more Olympic season, and then we'll have baseball season for about two weeks after that, and then it'll be football season. Well, I'll believe it's, I, w- I will believe that it's, uh, Baseball season when our Olympic season when Olympics actually start right now. I'm still a little skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I saw um, the report that uh, Middleton, Drew Holiday and Devin Booker will be on a flight in like two days to join the Olympic team. Those dudes are out of their minds. I, I get it. I get wanting to, uh, you know, wear that USA jersey and play in the Olympics. But. I mean, those dudes are. It's July 21st. They're going to play in the Olympics. And I mean, they're definitely USA has been not good through these exhibition games. Yeah. But there's no way they don't make it till like at least like the third place game, the bronze game. They'll probably win gold. Right. But at the very least, they're going to be playing throughout the entire Olympics. And they're going to come back. We've talked about this before. That's absolutely insane to do that. But you know what? If that's what they want to do, then more power to them. But yeah, that's. I mean, they're going to be R and Ring or DMPing quite a bit the first two months of the season. I can imagine. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy watching Giannis Antetokounmpo become an NBA champion last night? <sighs> yeah, I guess. Um, you, I've been pretty vocal about my hatred for the Bucks. <laughs> like, it's it's an inexplainable hatred that I yeah. have that I can't explain. I think it's like I said. I think it's like they're so Spursy. They remind me so much of the Spurs that, like, I'm just ingrained in my DNA to hate them. Yeah. No, I get that. Uh, but, I mean, I'm happy for Giannis. He's a great dude. He's one of my favorite players I've been around in the NBA. He's super professional, nice guy. Everybody knows that. But I've, I was thinking about it before the game yesterday. Because as much as, you know, I really was on that Suns bandwagon. And, like, I still think that as a team – I think the Suns' offense is a, is more fun to watch and all that stuff. And, like, I think they play a little bit better, more, like, system basketball, I guess, because of Chris Paul. But I was pretty confident Milwaukee was going to close it out last night at home. Um, but I was thinking about it. This is up there on the Pantheon. If not, like, the Mount Rushmore of, like, the four best or whatever number you want to throw out there like most dominant performances in finals history. Because I was thinking about like how many teams have won a title where it's clear that one guy is just carrying the entire load yeah. of the offense. And I mean, Giannis was great on defense too, but I mean, I think back to Dirk in 2011, I want to throw Barkley out in 94, but they didn't win. Right. Um, Dwayne Wade was really special in that first Miami Heat championship before LeBron came. Yeah, but he, I mean, he still had Shaq. Well, yeah, he did have Shaq, but that, I mean, it was the Dwayne Wade show. For sure. I mean, he shot 9,000 free throws that series. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Dwayne Wade. LeBron in the, and and again, like I know Kyrie hit the big shot at the end of the deciding game, but LeBron was really special in that series that the Cavs beat the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, LeBron was special in every finals. Like, that's kind of the LeBron thing. But I don't look at that finals and say they only won because of LeBron. 
I look at this finals this year and I say if Giannis misses the third a third game, they don't win this series. Yeah. I mean, he it was I mean, Chris Middleton, the Batman showed up what two games? They really had a huge impact on. Yeah. Maybe one. Drew Holiday, kind of the same thing. Like of the minutes Gian- that Giannis Middleton played, I think you could probably say about half the minutes he played were good minutes. Half the minutes he played were like very average minutes. Right. Giannis, every single minute of every game he played in this final, he absolutely dominated. Well, look the, on top of the fact that the guy averaged. Points. What did he average for the series? Thirty-five points. Something like for the that. series, yeah, and that was with yeah. the first game he scored, I think, 20 points, and that was the first game back from the injury. But he, he averages 35 for the series, but throw the scoring out the window. He scores 50 in the deciding game. He shoots free throws amazingly in the deciding game. But it's all the other things he did in this series that I think really make him special. It's not just the scoring. It's how many like insane plays did he make outside of the scoring department that really impacted the Bucks in terms of either swinging momentum in a game or giving them a lift when they really needed it or at the end of a game blocking a shot that needed to be blocked. Like, the guy was unbelievable on both ends of the floor and to watch an NBA Finals in which the best player is the guy that's playing the hardest for every minute that he's out there, that's pretty incredible. So, in NBA Finals history... There has been five guys that have scored more than more points than what Giannis scored last night. LeBron had 51 in 2018, a game that the Cavs lost. Jerry West had 53 in game one in the 69 finals. Rick Barry, 55. Jordan had 55 in a, a game against, I believe it was the Suns. Yeah, it was against the Suns. And then Elgin Baylor had 61. So you're talking about the sixth greatest scoring performance in NBA Finals history. Yeah. And, I mean, we saw the blocks, like, the defensive impact. Like, Deion, first off, DeAndre Ayton had no chance. Like, I f- feel bad for DeAndre Ayton that, that he got put in this position that just, just get absolutely dominated for six games, five games. I mean, Giannis wasn't really, like, He had a really good postseason but. that's going to be completely overshadowed by getting dominated right. by Giannis. I, yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week. Yeah. I thought he improved so much Absolutely. throughout the postseason and really became a pivotal piece in both the offense and defense for Phoenix, but just no chance for him to do anything against Giannis this series. Yeah. And Five I mean, blocks for Giannis it. last night, Aaron. Five. The dude is insane. Like, I understand. Like, look, I'm not going to say he's the best player in the NBA or top five or anything because he's not. Like, just, just what he offers a team and from his skill set, like – he can be stopped. And a lot of times it's just, you know, Milwaukee stopping him or like him stopping himself. But like when he's on and when he's aggressive, like there's nobody that's going to stop him. It's just, you know, when he gets in those zones where he's just going to shoot threes and miss a bunch of free throws, yeah. but he didn't do that for the past four games in this series. He was absolutely playing out of his mind and it, it was impressive, man. We're on a three year stretch where he's what defensive player of the year, two time MVP finals, MVP and NBA champion. Yeah. In three years? Yeah. Three players in the history of the NBA have done that. Do you know who the LeBron three players are? LeBron and Jordan are? and Giannis? No. Well, LeBron never won LeBron never won defensive player of the year. Uh, I will say defensive player of the year. Two MVPs? Think, think about your team. 
Oh, Akeem. Yeah, Olajuwon. Well, Akeem won, it, won every award. I think it was 94. He <laughs> yeah. won every award. Yeah. So. Olajuwon, Jordan, and Giannis, the only players in NBA history to do that. I mean, you're talking about Giannis and company with the best player of all time and a guy that's probably top seven, top eight. Yeah. Look, if if Giannis gets into a stretch where he consistently shoots free throws at a high clip, even seventy percent. Yeah, though. then I have no problem with saying he's in that conversation to be the best player in the league. For sure, but he's not there. But yet, he's not there yet. Opinion. Like we have to see what he did last night from the free throw line. Like when that becomes more regular, more routine, then yeah, I'm, I I have no problem with it. Look, Giannis is my, I, you know this, Giannis has been my favorite player in the league for like seven years. Like I remember watching this guy in, in year one or two with Milwaukee when he was still really skinny and everybody saw the images last night on the broadcast of early year Giannis and, and uh, what he looks like now. But, but I remember watching this guy when he was skinny and just seeing the skill set. I was like, this guy's going to be insanely good. Like, he's so much fun to watch. And just to think about all the different things at that point he could improve on to become the player that he's become. Uh, I've, I've been on the honest bandwagon for a long time. But part of the reason why it's frustrating to watch the Bucks, I think, is because you watch his skill set. And then you watch how hard it is for them to score sometimes in half-court offensive sets. And you're like... What the hell is the problem? Why why is it so difficult, so hard to get buckets when the other team is able to get set defensively when you have this guy? And and look, I mean Middleton's not a, a scrub by any means, but that that's the frustrating part for me as a Giannis fan watching the Bucks offense is how difficult it looks a lot of the time offensively. But um, as a Giannis fan, I can, you know, the, the talk is going to be Giannis is the best player in the NBA until next season, um, which I, I disagree with. I, I think that uh, he's, you know, in that like five to 10 range, but uh, he starts making free throws at a high clip and, and there's no question that you have to throw him in that group. Yeah. I mean, until you figure out, until Kevin Durant slows down, I mean, Kevin Durant is, uh, he's the Greatest scorer in the NBA right now. Maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe ever. Kevin Durant might be the best scorer in the NBA of all time. Just from the fact that he's so long and tall. I mean, he's a 50, 40, 90 guy. Can make it from, you know, anywhere on the floor. Like, until he slows down, like, Giannis just, and especially in today's NBA, like, it's just you can't compete with Kevin Durant and his ability to score. I think Steph Curry is the same kind of conversation that in a scoring yeah. league the way it is now. But... Part of it too is if Budenholzer and the Bucks and they really like, you know, focus and like, because we talked about it before a lot. I mean, we're not the only ones. A lot of people have talked about it. If you use Giannis as like a basically Shaq, he's unstoppable. I think that Giannis is probably the most unstoppable player at the rim since Shaq yeah. at the basket. And, you know, last night he took one, two, three, four, f- five shots outside of the paint. Yeah. And he scored 50 points and was unstoppable. When you play Giannis like that and, and, you know, don't let him, don't give him the ball at the perimeter and just make him, like, stand there and shoot a three because there's nobody within 15 feet of him. Right. He can be the best player in the league. He's unstoppable when you use him like that. But they don't, he doesn't play like that every night. That's well, not how it always works yeah, out. Yeah, they, they, they're inconsistent with how they use him, right? Like, every night it's something different. Like, sometimes they get him the ball down low. Sometimes they're getting him the ball in post-up situations, like, in the mid-range 
area. Sometimes they're giving him the ball at the top of the key, and sometimes they're letting him handle the ball. Like it's it's it feels like it's something different every night. But if you just go back and watch the usage last night specifically, I was thinking about this throughout the game. I'm like, if if LeBron James ever took this approach, he could do this every night too. Because LeBron James and Giannis are are similar. Both unstoppable. Like, get him the ball, post him up in that mid-range area and let him go to work, and the guy's going to score 40 to 50 a night. Like, there's no question. He's a better shooter than Giannis. Like, it's not even close, but he wants to be on the outside of the three-point arc so often, it it just doesn't make sense to me. Post him up in that mid-range area where he can still shoot the turnaround, but if he wants to, he can he can go to the bucket, and it's much less work for him, and it also sets up his passing ability, I think, in a much greater way. He'd be unstoppable. Like, literally yeah. unstoppable. I will say, though, LeBron at least has improved tremendously from three-point, you know, from the time he entered the league until where he's at now. For sure, Giannis but he doesn't need to be playing out there, like, well, right. 90% not, not of the time. Possession. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Especially, But Giannis, I just have—anyways. Bucks team, great, great, great for them to win the title. I honestly, like, we talked about it before the playoffs. I thought they were— probably the only team in the East that could give the Nets a run for their money. Agreed. They, we know that they went through the Nets, kind of the Nets were beat up, but great team. I mean, look, they they put that team together and they kind of let it ride out. Like, I know they brought in Drew, but like they could have gotten so many, somebody way flashier. We talked about Drew last week, I think, about how they ch- opted to get something that they already had a lot of, which was perimeter defense and yeah. just kind of, you know, exacerbate that ability and it, and it worked out because they needed great perimeter defense in this series against this Phoenix team against Chris Paul and Devin Booker and guys like Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder like to have that perimeter defense it played a huge part in them winning the final so it worked out yeah and hey I know that it only went six games I would have loved for the series to go seven but I mean it was it was a fun I, I enjoyed this series I know that it wasn't like necessarily like game to game the best series but just as he's these two teams that were different and not LeBron James, not Kevin Durant or Steph Curry in the finals. Yeah. Like I, I enjoyed it. I think it was good for the NBA for Giannis to win a title. Well, either way we were going to get somebody getting their first title, which was refreshing. Um, I went into this series really excited because either my favorite player in the league was going to get a ring with Giannis or a guy that I, I have enormous respect for, and from a legacy standpoint, would love to see get a ring and Chris Paul. Like, it was one of those things, like, going into the series, I was going to be happy regardless of the outcome. I was going to be heartbroken for the for the guy that didn't get it done, which I think if you, you know, everybody, especially in this area, is heartbroken for Chris Paul. And if you saw any of Monty Williams' uh, press conference last night, heartbroken for Monty Williams as well. Um, hopefully, Phoenix is able to get back in this position, but... Yeah, this was a series where I just, like, either Giannis or Chris Paul was going to get a ring, and I was going to be happy for either one of them. Yeah, I, I had this thought last night, too. What? So does this change Chris Paul's legacy at all? I mean, does getting to the finals and losing improve his legacy over never making the finals? It improves it, for sure. I don't know how you could say it doesn't. Like, he was on that list of, of like, greatest players to never even make a finals. 
So now is he on the Mount Rushmore of players that have been never been to the fi- been to the finals but haven't won? I really because I really just I don't think I think this was his one opportunity. I can't. Yeah, it's going to be really I can't tough. See to get back. the Suns and Chris Paul getting back to the finals in the next couple of years. I mean, who hell who knows tough. if he even stays in Phoenix? I would imagine he would after this season. Yeah. But well, I mean, and you 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 have to remember as well. Like I I'm. I've said this several times throughout this this run. I don't want to take anything away from Phoenix, but it takes an enormous amount of luck to get to the NBA Finals anyway. And the fact that... It's that, so long. Yeah, I mean, they got the Lakers without Anthony Davis. They got the Nuggets without Jamal Murray. They got the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. Like, any one of those individual players are in the series against Phoenix. Like, it's not a guarantee Phoenix even gets to this point. And... They lost Chris Paul for a couple games early in this thing, but for the most part, they were able to keep their core together throughout their playoffs. They were healthy, yeah. Yeah, so like, I mean, we saw the Thunder, to, to think that Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook only made one finals together, that's insane. Like, it's not a guarantee that that you're just going to be, it's really hard I to mean, get to the NBA of, finals. Think about those post-Kevin Durant Thunder teams. Yeah, how they won what like three playoff games in the entire span after right. Russell Westbrook, like Paul George yeah. era. Yeah, never got past. You're talking the first about round. Paul George and Russell Westbrook on the same team, they couldn't even win. Make it. They couldn't even make it to like a potential series winning game. Right. And I, I think the Suns team is going to be good. I mean, they're not going to be bad next year by any means. But like you said, those Lakers yeah. teams are going to be healthier. The Clippers, the Clippers, I don't think are going to be a threat because. Kawhi's ACL thing and like he's definitely opting in uh, with his player option after the ACL news so I, I maybe by playoffs they're competitive but even if you take them out I mean the Sun Jamal Murray is going to be back the Nuggets are still going to be good I mean they've got the reigning MVP yeah it, it's going to be tough for Phoenix to get back to the finals of these two teams though do you which team do you think has a better chance of making it back to the finals next year Oh, I would say Phoenix just because they don't play in the East against the Nets. Right. Because <laughs> here's yeah, the I mean, thing, dude. I still believe this. I said going into this postseason that unless the Nets have significant injuries, they are going to cruise to a championship. And which, they have I mean, significant look, injuries. Like, it, it's going to be the same thing next year unless, like, if the Lakers add Damian Lillard, for example, or something absurd like that, the Nets are by far the favorite to go win the championship next year. If we're not talking about a 20% James Harden and a Kyrie that's missing a series. Like yeah. nobody can, nobody can stop that group. Ooh, if you're Philadelphia, uh, let me rephrase. Cause if you're Philadelphia, this is obvious. You think you do it, but if you're Portland and Dame's out and you're trying to move Dame, would you move him for a Ben Simmons package? Absolutely not. I mean, yeah, no I'm, but what are you going to get from the Lakers? Well, I, I'm not moving him, period, but. Okay, well, okay, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Um, He's going, yeah. if I'm Portland, Damian Lillard would have to James Harden me to get me to move him. Which I don't think he's going to do. He, Dame right. just doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Well, but, and he's kind of put himself, he's kind of backed himself into a corner as far as that goes because of all the comments he made about, wanting to do it with one team and, you know, not be that guy that chases a championship and goes into free agency. And like Dame is really likable 
And you know, if he if he wants to kind of flip that script, then he can. But I, he kind of get I think he kind of gets the Kevin Durant uh, treatment if he's if he jumps ship in Portland after all the comments he's made. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wouldn't help his image unless unless somehow they spin it to where Dame was okay staying in Portland and Portland just felt like it was time to start a rebuild. Well, for sure, but that's why I capitalize. say if, if you're Portland, all you have to do is say we want Dame here and like, yeah. Then it, yeah, it's yeah. That look, I I don't know. Unless he stays, either way, that's going to be a situation that if he leaves, it's not going to turn out good one way or the other. Right. Uh, but it's crazy to think about this Milwaukee win, though. I mean, going back to that net series, like you said, they were literally literally half of a Kevin Durant foot away from not winning yeah. this title. Yeah, I mean, it, the the Nets without with like without one and a half of their superstars. We're a toe away from yeah. taking the Bucks out of the playoffs in the second round. Right. One Kevin Durant toe, so what, like yeah. nine and a half inches yeah. away from... <laughs> yeah. But then, I mean, look, that you got you need luck. So, like, I, Steve, I talked about it last week. Steve Kerr talked about this, that there's... Or sorry, not Steve Kerr. Uh, Greg Popovich talked about this, that there's moments throughout a playoff run or a, a season where something you just get incredibly lucky in yeah. a moment and you just know that like it's our year. Like yeah. we, our fate is on our side this year and we're going to win the title. And that was that moment that Kevin Durant half a foot. Cause he, uh, yeah, I mean just to be there in that moment and then, and then hell, I mean, you want to go to that overtime period in that game seven. Yeah. The fact that Kevin Durant in Brooklyn and whoever you, you want to blame it on did not try to get a better shot than what they got. I mean, who knows? Oh I mean, I, yeah, they, I'm with you. And and look, let's at, go one step further. I think the bucks would have won anyway, but I'm not a hundred percent convinced that if Trey young doesn't get hurt, that Atlanta doesn't take yeah. them to the brink. Well, I mean, yeah, I would imagine the way that Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta was playing fine. Atlanta was playing really good was, basketball. Yeah. 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 So to think that if Trey young plays, absolutely. Especially with Giannis out. Missing those games, if Trey Young was healthy, I think I think they could have won that series if Giannis was out and Trey was healthy. But unfortunately, for both, I mean, both were out. But Milwaukee was just better built to win without Giannis than Atlanta was without Trey. Yeah, and obviously that's what happened. But I don't know. I'm a, yeah, I'm happy for Giannis though. Happy for Batman. I'm happy for uh, for Boonholzer. So did, did you Good see my them. tweet I mean, last night? Uh, yeah, Robin's played his, out of his mind or something like that. Yeah, I said, uh, I said, Robin just put together one of the all-time great series in NBA Finals history. Completely unrelated question: Does ESPN have an amnesty clause? God, that's one of the worst takes. Uh, you think they pay him? Like, oh. you think they has a salary, or he's just like, we'll give you fifty bucks, come on the air? Yeah, he's probably like, just I'll work for free if you uh, right. if you put I, me on. That's yeah. He's on the Mount Rushmore of clown takes in uh I know, but I current don't, sports media. I do you think that they're clown do you think that he's smart enough to make the clown takes or do you think he genuinely believes the things he says? No, I think he genuinely like, like I think he genuinely believes what he says. So do I. Yeah. Like guys like Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless and all those guys, like I think they're smart enough to know what they're saying Agreed. is stupid. Agreed. But they're just but I don't think I don't think Kendrick. I think he just really believes what he's saying. I yeah. I I one hundred percent agree with that. It's just that yeah, stupid. 
like you you can't have credibility. Like nobody should be listening to you ha- say anything about basketball just based on that take alone. Like you've lost all credibility. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe if he doesn't say that, then Giannis doesn't average 35 in the finals. <laughs> you think know. Giannis like posted that in his locker and that was the motivation to Maybe. wreck shop? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know how athletes are, especially yeah. at the professional level. Like they do anything yeah. to motivate themselves. Did you see the uh, Instagram live of Giannis and his brother after the win last night? No. Oh no. my God, you have to watch this. It's so great. Like I watched it probably 10 times just looped. Uh, and just had a big smile on my face because, like, it's just like they're just so happy. Like, it's just like the mo- the the happiest moment of their lives. Somewhere the third brother is uh, is he in L.A.? I don't remember where he's at. Well, that, I think that's, over... that's the one that he was on Instagram live with. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because okay. yeah. because cool. the other one's on his team, right? The other one's he's in right, Milwaukee. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's on Instagram live with, I believe, the the one that's in L.A. Okay, I think I can't remember. I know one's Thanis, but I, Thanis, 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 I can't remember the Thanasis or something like that. Thanasis, yeah, I can't remember. They got Thanos. It took me three years to get Giannis down. So Thanosis. I'm still working on yeah. the thirteenth uh, man on Tintacumpos. Yeah. I remember when uh, when Costas was in the draft, and I was like, "The Thunder need to draft this guy, if for no other reason than to say like Giannis, we have your brother come play in OKC." Costas, there you go. You know the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, on Tint- the Thunder sign on Tentacumpo. <laughs> yeah. To a three-year deal. Yeah. Giannis, your brother's in OKC. Come join him. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, Yeah, just the the whole scene last night. Like, from him sitting on the bench, like, by himself, like, taking that moment after the win to like the Instagram live with his brother. I, I loved every second of it. Apparently he, uh, Giannis was on Instagram live earlier at Chick-fil-A and he ordered 50 chicken nuggets yes, in the drive through. I saw that. <laughs> so good. And I think, yeah, uh, man, he's fun, man. He's a, he is a likable superstar. I think that LeBron, LeBron is, I think he's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Notorious, maybe? No, not notorious. Uh, anyways. I feel like LeBron comes across as very calculated with everything he oh, does. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Whereas Giannis comes across as very genuine and authentic with everything he does. Well, I don't know if I ever told this story on the air, but I was doing a... A Cavs locker room post game in one night, and like you know, we're in the locker room before they uh, like the players are ready for the interviews, and like they're all getting ready, and like but you just kind of huddle in the locker room and be awkward while all these you know dudes are changing, and uh, I mean LeBron like just completely like the f bomb f bomb like ah oh, blah 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 that's all facade mf or mf or and then you know he gets dressed as locker and like puts his hat on he's like. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, I think that uh, we uh, played well out there tonight. And like, it, you're right. It is very calculated. Like, there's a yeah. LeBron on camera and there's a LeBron off camera. Yeah, I mean, jo- look, Jordan's my favorite player of all time. Jordan's the same way. You think so? 
I think he was just always a dick. Well, yeah, but like when the cameras were in front of him, he was very much aware of like, I want to present this certain image. Sure. I know, but I think that I think that LeBron's likability. See, I, I think pre Miami, I think he was the superstar that every fan could get behind and like. Yeah. And now I think it's a little bit more complicated. I, I still can't think of the word I'm trying to think of, but yeah. it, we'll just call it complicated because it's easy to hate LeBron and it's easy to like LeBron. Yeah. But I think it's incredibly difficult not to like Giannis. I don't. I literally don't know anybody that dislikes him. I, I don't know how you could. I mean, the right. guy like the guy's constantly smiling. It's it's like an infectious smile. Uh, he works his ass off. Like when you think about the story of Giannis and coming from Greece and not being a lottery pick, right? Like not being one of those like guys that everybody knew was going to be the the next coming of you know the next great superstar. Uh, to to be the skinny kid that that literally puts on fifty pounds of muscle to work on his game, like he took the hard path to NBA superstardom, and he took the hard path to an NBA championship. And like I'm I'm thinking about this last night when you compare like LeBron James getting his first title and how that felt, and when you compare Kevin Durant getting his first title and how that felt to. Giannis staying in Milwaukee whenever, you know, that look, I'm in this group. Milwaukee looked like trash in the postseason the last two years. To, to not jump ship and to stick with it and try and correct all the mistakes that have been made and do it with that team and not go join a bunch of other superstars to get it done, there's, there's something you have to appreciate about that. Yeah, I mean... I'm, uh, so I'm trying to think of the last NBA superstar that won a title with the play- team that drafted him. Steph. Yeah, Steph. I guess Clay, if you want to call Clay. Yeah, a superstar. I mean, I, he I, he's he's in the next tier. His I don't friend. think he's. Yeah. yeah. So Steph. Clay is a Robin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hundred yeah. percent. I, yeah. I think Clay's fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I guess LeBron technically, but he left. Yeah, and he came he, back, yeah. but it wasn't his first title either. Right. It was, yeah, it was his third, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he won two uh, Duncan. Yeah, Duncan. But he he won his rookie year. I mean, he, right. I yeah, it's not like he had to, like, work for it. And not saying he didn't have to work for it, but it, it wasn't that, like, come short, come short, come short, come short, and then, like, finally reach the mountaintop right. type scenario. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a lot of people like to call it the asterisk season because that lockout season was right. was crazy. But I mean, I guess I guess technically, but not technically, Kobe. Because I mean, if, if I want to be yeah. a pain in the ass, he wasn't technically drafted by the Lakers, but he was. So, but Kobe, he also was like he wasn't the best player when they first won their title. Like Shaq, not, Shaq was the was guy. The I don't think he was the best player on that team for any of those three titles. Agreed. So that one doesn't even. I mean, it, it's. The same, but it's he not. He wasn't a superstar. Like, Kobe was not a Kobe was not status. the superstar of the team, yeah. Right. Second second three, or the, the two titles he won later in his career definitely was yeah. the superstar. Uh, like, Jordan's the gold standard because Jordan was the best player in the league for a long time. At, well, maybe not a long time, but for years. And, you know, over and over they fell short. And then finally, 
Like, they got to the mountaintop. Like, finally, they got past the Pistons. Finally, they won a championship. And, like, that's that's the storybook ending everybody wants to see for NBA superstars. It's that you try and fail, and you try and fail, and finally you overcome. And that's why when LeBron James, instead of, like, continuing to try with Cleveland and, and going and joining another guy that was a superstar that had already won a title, like... That's why people were upset about same thing with Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant could have done the same thing with Oklahoma City that that Giannis just did with Milwaukee. If Giannis left last year, like yeah, people would have been upset, but it's like nobody expected that the Bucks were going to get it done based on their last two postseason yeah. runs. They looked miserable. But well, but yeah. he took the hard path, you know? He he chose to stay there and do it himself as opposed to like joining the Lakers. I think the ultimate example of this is the guy that we I, I started the podcast comparing him to, Dirk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dirk was on that team for 14 years, something like that, before they won that title, 13 years, a long time. So 100%. Yeah, I mean, it is, I mean I, I'm seeing this clip from Giannis at Chick-fil-A, and he's got 151,000 people watching his yeah. Instagram Live of him ordering Chick-fil-A. Yeah. First off, the girl or taking his order is on an Instagram live that 150,000 people are watching. So that's pretty crazy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there, he's loved, like, like we said, like there's, I don't think there's anybody, I don't think there's any players. I don't think there's any fans. I don't think there's any, anybody that is associated or watches the NBA that doesn't like Giannis. Yeah. Maybe frustrates you at times for sure. Yeah. But I mean, is he the best player in the NBA? No. Should he be the face of the NBA? 100% yes. Yeah. I mean, and right now, today he is. Today he is. the Right now, on July 21st, he is the face of the NBA. Yeah. He is the most popular basketball player in the world today. Yeah. Well, think about this. The last the last three MVP awards have two of them go to Giannis, but the other one goes to Jokic. Like, the game is international now. Yeah. And the last three MVP awards have gone to international players. And they're not guards. Right. Which is insane. Right. But they are ball dominant, so. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. Fair. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, we, you talk about the top 10 players in the NBA, and I would say outside of Steph and Giannis, they're all easily hateable. It's very easy to not like. Jokic is likable, but like Kevin Durant, James Harden, LeBron, uh, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, whatever, uh, yeah. Anthony Davis, whatever your list is, Anthony Davis, like it is a long list of dudes that are very easy to dislike. Yeah. And we've got Giannis and uh, I guess Steph holding out hope for uh, likable superstars. I think Dame is likable. If for no other reason than he's also, he's so quiet that he just doesn't give you any reason to dislike him. Right. Like he's just never, he's not out there enough to like rub you the wrong way, I guess. Um, I I think there are a lot of people that dislike Steph, but I think that's more for like, if you're a Lakers fan or something like that. Yeah. Like it's a golden state thing, maybe more than like Steph. Cause I think Steph is extremely likable. Um, I agree. But yeah, I think beyond that, like, you can you can you can specifically point at things with Durant and Harden and LeBron and Kawhi and 
I, Paul I, George. I mean, no, yeah. Paul George is not top ten, but same thing. Yeah, star player that's very unlikable. Uh, Russell Westbrook. I mean, Anthony Davis is anymore, Anthony Davis might be in the uh, Dame book, although I think you could just you know what happened in in New also, Orleans and forcing his way to the yeah. Lakers probably has some people uh, disliking him in that way. Uh, Luca, I think, is maybe in I the think Dame. He's very unlikable. You think he is? Yes, I think Luca is quickly on his way to being highly disliked by everybody that's really? not a Mavs fan. I like Luca. Yeah. But he is very unlikable on the floor. Like I, I see people complaining on Twitter that he complains way too much uh during games and hmm. I mean that's a quick way to get fans to not like him. I mean Chris Paul. What did Chris, Chris Paul, Paul was ever there. do? Yeah. And what did he ever do to make people not like him other than be a pain in the ass on the floor? Nothing. Right. Luca Luca's doing this Luca's quickly on that path right now. I guess I haven't got there with Luca yet, but I'm not there either, but I I do see the uh disdain on Twitter yeah. for his his antics on the floor. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, I I don't know how this guy isn't the face of the NBA. Like every NBA promo should have Giannis smiling and holding up the trophy. Which we I mean sure it will. I'm sure that We'll see a lot of that this summer and going in early next season. But yeah, I agree. I mean, you someone's got to take the mantle from LeBron, right? I mean, LeBron's got yeah. maybe four years, five years left before he's done, which is crazy because he's going to be forty. Yeah. But somebody's got to take that mantle, and I mean, why not Giannis? Steph's going to be out of the league in five to seven years ish. So, you know, why not? Why not Giannis? Yeah. And there's, I, I don't know why, there's something, there's some resistance, I think, to making Steph like the face of the league. Um, you, you Do you think it's, uh, the, you think Kevin Durant played a part in that? Maybe, because I, I think like Kevin Durant would be closer to the face of the league than Steph would. Well, I, but, I'm, but I'm saying, do you think that Kevin Durant going to Golden State soured people on Steph? Oh, because- for sure. Yeah, for they're sure. associated. Steph's now associated with Kevin Durant joining Super them. Team, yeah. yeah, so because I look, Steph is like exactly if you're a PR person and you need a, a, somebody to be the face of your league, and Steph is a big face of this league. He for plays sure. a yeah. huge he, part he in is, a lot yeah. of stuff. I mean, family dude. Like, I just mean like being the focal point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I think that maybe he could have gotten there if. Durant didn't go to Golden State. Like if Steph had been yeah, the, you're right. the guy on Golden State and they wanted like two or three more titles, I think easily he could be the face of the league. Yeah. I that's think he right. could have that Jordan status as far as being like the unrivaled most popular player in the league. But because I mean who in who in twenty fourteen or excuse me, twenty fifteen said was bitching or complaining or had any hatred towards Steph and the Warriors winning that title? Nobody. Yeah, I mean, Thunder fans here didn't like them, sure. but that was because you know the Steph was hitting fifty footers to win the game. Yeah, that and and the three one blown lead and like you know that naturally is going to provide re- resentment toward that team. But yeah, I mean, I think the rest of the NBA like that first Warriors title. I think people love that team. They were fun to watch. Right, the head coach is incredibly likable. Yeah, like Steve Kerr is one of those yeah. coaches, like one of those guys. I don't know how you don't like Steve Kerr. Uh, well, until they got Kevin Durant, and then everybody was like, "Right, then you screw this guy." Yeah, F Steve Kerr. Right. Yeah. 
Like, like any coach would have said no to Kevin Durant right. going and joining their team. Yeah. But, yeah. I Yeah. Kevin Durant ruins another uh, player's <laughs> legacy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Brooklyn is uh, by a mile the favorite going into next year. 100%. Because, I mean, they're all three are back. By the way, um, I, I have I actually have uh, 2022 NBA championship odds. Okay, from let me guess. Bet online. The Brooklyn Nets are the favorite at One. 13 to 4. I'm going to guess they probably have the Lakers too. Lakers are two at 5 to 1. So massive gap yeah, between the Nets probably... at 13 to 4 and the Lakers at 5 to 1. You got to have the Bucks 3 or 4, I would imagine. Bucks are 3 at 7 to 1. Yeah, and then Hmm. Phoenix or Phoenix at nine to one is the next one. And then there are four teams ahead of the Nuggets following the Suns. Wow. Uh, well, first off, if they have the Clippers, then they're idiots. The Clippers are in that group. They're six at fourteen to one. It's crazy. The, the Kawhi has a torn ACL, and they've got him as the fifth, what fifth best team odds to sixth. win the title. Yeah, sixth. Sixth best odds. That's insane. Um, Philadelphia's got to be up there. Philadelphia is tied for sixth at fourteen to one. Gotcha. And then, uh, nah, I don't know. I Utah. Okay, I'll just go down the top Utah. ten. Okay, it's Brooklyn one, Lakers two, Bucks three, Suns four, Golden State five. The Clippers, Seventy Sixers, and Jazz are all tied at fourteen to one odds. And then it's the Nuggets, the Mavericks, the Heat, the Hawks, Celtics, Knicks, Trailblazers, and so on. Um, I'll give you a guess. There are two teams tied for the lowest odds to win the NBA championship, and those odds are 500 to 1. Do you want to guess which two teams those are? I mean, it's got to be... It's got to be Oklahoma City and Houston. That's absolutely correct. The Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder at 500 to 1 have the lowest odds to win next year's NBA title. Yeah, there's no chance. Yeah, I mean, the, the two worst teams in the in the Western Conference, they can't. Yeah. They got no chance. 500 to 1. So if you're a Thunder fan out there and you think this is the year, you could get a big payoff. Yeah. You might lose some Betting money. Betting a dollar gets you $500. Throw down a hundo and uh, you're going to hit the jackpot. Uh, you excited for the NBA draft? Uh, I guess. Not really. I mean, I look, I look forward to Cade Cunningham going to Houston. I guess. Yeah. I mean, if Detroit's really in on a uh, Green, was it Jalen Green, right? That's that's uh, what the or news has been. Yeah. So if Detroit's really in on Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham goes to Houston, then. I mean, yeah, sure, it could be fun. I mean, that's kind of the problem. That's that, that's kind of what sucks, though, about the NBA is that these teams at the top of the draft, generally speaking, unless it's a team that swapped. You think Cade picks, is uh, not going number one? I mean, if the report, I'm just basing this off of okay. one of the rumors that I've heard. The Detroit's super high on Jalen Green. I thought you were saying Houston was super high on Jalen. My bad. No, I've seen, I mean, I've seen conflicting reports okay. all over, obviously, but okay. I've seen quite a few that said Jalen really? Green is okay. very much liked by 
Um, I was, I think Cade should go number one. I think that would be stupid not to take Cade number one if you're Detroit. But, yeah. it, but, but like I was saying, like this is kind of what sucks about the NBA is unless a team has traded out or just had a weird like Toronto is a different story because Toronto could get like Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley or something, and he could step in and be on a really good Eastern Conference team. But for the most part, these rookies yeah. are going to teams and they're unless you have league pass, you're never going to get to watch these players play. Right. And like us, like I, unless I go to the game or go to a bar, I don't, I'm probably not going to get to watch many games by the number six pick that Oklahoma city takes. Cause I can't, I can't get Bali sports. And I can't get, Oh yeah. I can't get league. Same. I'm blacked out on league pass. So like Same. it's hard to get super excited about any of these guys. And like, there's no Zion. There's no like, even a Lamelo Ball last year got me really excited about his potential and like the way he plays. I think this to me, this draft is full of guys that are really fundamentally sound and are really good basketball players, but don't really like excite me too much. I like Cade way better than I liked Lamelo Ball last year. I mean, well, I think Cade could be a better player. Absolutely. I just yeah. I, the way that Cade plays doesn't necessarily like. I guess he's not very flashy per se. So like I'm not like oh I can't wait to watch him on the highlights every yeah. night. Well, if you t- if you want to go flashy, Jalen Green is by far the flashiest player in this draft. Right. Like you you just have to watch a highlight video for 20 seconds and you're like holy cow, yeah. like the dude, super athlete, he's a freak right? man, a great shooter. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of um, oh I'm blanking. Uh, number one pick last year, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Who, by the way, was absolutely insane really good. in the second half yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah. NBA DraftNet has his comp as Bradley Bill, which I could also see. I I think he uh, is way more explosive as an athlete than Bradley, than Bradley Bill. Bill. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't know. I, I honestly like. I haven't put a lot of thought into the draft since the lottery, just because yeah. I mean, we're still like we, we the finals just lasted so long, right? And the playoffs went on for so long that I'll, I, I'm in draft mode now for the NBA. But outside of like Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, like the top five guys, I really even haven't looked into too many dudes. Yeah, in this draft, uh, I mean, I, obviously I know Davion Mitchell, but outside of like Big Twelve dudes. I don't really, I'm not really familiar with a lot of them. You think Oklahoma City trades up to one? Because again, I mean, I those think are they also will do rumors. everything in their power to. But you know, again, that you can make the offer, but it doesn't mean the other team's going to take it. If you're Detroit, why would you? No, you, I, I wouldn't. Like, I mean, if you wanted to offer me Shea, and then your three first round picks. Then I think sure. we could have a conversation. Yeah, but again, that would be stupid. I okay. So I saw this on on Twitter floating around about these like proposed like Shea trades. Yeah, and I just like why? Why would you trade Shea for anything right now? Because even if you keep Shea, I mean, to think that you're gonna be close to ready to compete in two or three years, but you have to seems like a stretch. It, it, well, that is a stretch. It's not going to happen. But you have to do everything you can to maintain your established player. Yeah. 
in the in the on your team. He's still he's not he's not even twenty three years old. He's right. I don't believe it. I think he's still under twenty three. He might be twenty three. But he's now, getting but ready. The problem is he's getting ready to start that second contract, right? Sure. So like exactly the clock is my probably point. ticking on. I mean, it, it, if if he pans out the way that you want him to pan out, then I think the idea is he's gone going into the next contract. Okay, but you know that his contract's running up, and I think he has a. Another, I think he has two more years, I believe. I think he has a, a team option uh, on his, I'm pulling up his contract. Let's see, he has, he's under contract this year. He's a qualifying offer next year. Right, he's a restricted free agent next year. Yeah. So Oklahoma City can match whatever contract is thrown at him, which if I'm Oklahoma City, I'm doing 100%. Yeah, for I'm keeping sure. him in town. For sure. Why trade him now? Like, is this value going to deplete any between now and next year? Spend this entire next season trying to get him to sign an extension and keep him around long term because we know what Shea is. We know he's a good player. Yeah. We know that he's still young and is improves every year and can be a guy you can build around. These guys in the draft, Kate Cunningham might be a Hall of Famer. Jalen Green might be a Hall of Famer. But you don't. They could be a bust just as easily as they could be a Hall of Famer. You just don't know in the NBA draft. Yeah, no, what these fair. guys are going to turn out to be. So why would you ever trade Shea in this draft this year? Spend that if like next year if you go through the entire year and he says there's absolutely no way I'm playing another game for this organization, yeah. then trade him because his value is still going to be very high. Well, but because just, like, the, the thought process would be first of all, if you're looking to add somebody, do they match with Shea? Secondly, like if you want Cade Cunningham, would you rather have eight years of Cade Cunningham right now or four years of Shea Gilgis Alexander? Like if if you're just thinking about it from a, we're going to be able to keep a guy through that first contract extension, but probably the second one, if they turn out to be the player that we hope they're going to be, you know, there's a good I, chance that they might bounce. So I take the four years of Shea because I you? know what he is because he's established himself in the NBA and he's still incredibly young. I would take the four years of Shea because the odds are. In three years, you're going to be in the same position to draft a guy that's really good in the draft. You know what I mean? Like, they have so many draft picks, they're going to have plenty of opportunities to draft, you know, the next superstar rookie. Well, maybe next if, if you don't lose the lottery the way they lost it this year. I mean, there's well, I mean, that's the, still a, an that's incredible the, amount of luck to get the right so, pick to be able to select the superstar. Why not do it next year? Why not wait until next year and trade the number four pick in Shea for the number one pick. I mean, there's going to be dudes every year that you're going to be super high on and think that could be the next uh, superstar player and be change your entire organization. Yeah. Otherwise, why trade for all the draft picks? I just, I think it would be completely stupid and I don't think that they'd do it. I, would, I don't think I, they would like, do it either. Um, but if they did it, I would, the, the again, the one thing that I think like you have to consider are they going to be good while Shea is no. here? Probably not. Like no, it's no. like by the time that Shea may not even be here by the time you put enough pieces around him for it to to really pay off. So you can say the same thing about Cade, though. Well, yeah, Cade maybe, but but to, to to like give yourself that clock of like eight years, it's it's just a different. You know, you you just you extend your timeline on how long you have to put the right pieces around the next guy that you're building around. So 
But look, yeah. if if I, we're just talking about trying to trade up to number one, that's the only way. If I'm Detroit, sure. that I'm I'm interested is if you say I'll give you Shea and those three draft picks. Otherwise, I'm like, would, go kick rocks. Absolutely, I think that'd be a home run for Detroit if they could get Shea and three first round picks. Yeah, for. Kate Cunningham or Jalen Green or whoever the number one pick is. If I'm Detroit, though, and Sam Presti calls me and says, hey, I'll give you the number six, the number 16, and the number 18, I'm going to laugh my ass off and hang up the phone. No chance. Zero chance. Yeah, Shea has to be involved in that. Um, Now, if you start throwing out, like, maybe three future number ones, the number six, the number 16, and the number 18, then I might start considering it. But... Like it's going to have to be a package that is so overwhelming as far as assets that you know you're just like, are we really making a mistake on on drafting a guy that there is a risk? If you're Toronto, do you take Kimba Walker in the six for the four? Yeah, I'd do that because Toronto's good enough to compete right now. For sure, like Kyle Lowry's a free agent. I. I mean, you remember, like, oh, he had all the trade yeah. rumors going around this season. I think that maybe he, if he walks, sure. I mean, can Kimba you play Walker Kimba and in. and Fred at the same time though? Because they're kind of the same guy, and they're both yeah. kind of undersized point guards. I, I mean, I guess you could. I mean, you could figure out a way. I mean, it's not going to be like a match made in heaven by yeah, you know, no, any means. But I, I think it could work. I did. I mean, if you're Toronto. And you view this team with, and I know that Siakam didn't have a good year, and he's kind of taken a step back the last couple of years, or at least not a step back, but maybe hasn't taken that step forward that everybody thought he, he would. He struggled to become the guy, right? Right. Which, in that championship season, it looked like he was going to be the guy, yeah. or could be the guy, and like you said, he just hasn't taken but that it's, step. But it's really easy, like, I, I shouldn't say easy, but it's a completely different situation when... The entire defense is focused on stopping Kawhi for you to look really good. For sure. Fast forward yeah. a year when the entire defense is looking to stop you, can you still do what you were doing when everybody was looking to stop Kawhi? Like that's that's what separates being, you know, a great player from being an all-star player. I guess it just kind of depends on where Toronto views their roster right now because if they think they can contend, then I think that absolutely you know, getting somebody at number six and bringing Kimba in is going to have a bigger, bigger impact on their team winning in the next couple of years yeah. than, you know, Jalen Suggs or Kaminga or Mobley, whoever four is, would have right away. Because you could still get a decent player at six, a rookie, and and add Kimba. Well, and, and, and like, I think the conversation with a lot of these teams, and Toronto's a great example, like Toronto just won a title. So what is their goal now? Is it to win another title? Is it to just be relevant and play be a playoff caliber team and give the fans a good product or is it to rebuild? Because like, like if I look at that roster and you say like the goal is to win a championship, then I'm probably using that draft pick to try and get a guy that's going to be my centerpiece because for as good as Siakam is, Siakam is not going to be the best player on a championship team. For sure. Like unless you have four other all-stars there, but you know, it's like if it's a Detroit Pistons type scenario when they had Chauncey and, rip and like one of those scenarios but yeah so so like if the goal is to just be a playoff caliber team and be as good as you can be with the core you have on your group right now then yeah I think the Kimba trade makes a ton of sense but if you're like if you're like we have to build a team that's going to win the east 
then no, they're, I mean, they're, they're not going to do it. Toronto, I think is a, is an organization though. That's an interesting like place though, because I think that title probably bought them five to 10 years of good grace. Absolutely. Do whatever the hell they want and suck. If they want to suck, then they can suck and nobody's going to care. Yeah. I mean, and especially, I mean, you think about like, they haven't played a game in Toronto since March, what March of 2020. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're in a tough place. All right. Well, right, one more, uh, what if scenario. For okay. You I love, I love these. Is this best case or worst case scenario for you? Dame going to golden state. Oh, I would love to see it actually. It would be so fun to watch yeah. him and Steph, right? Yeah, I would love to see it. Uh, there was, I, I remember in the All-Star game, there was that stretch where it was Steph, Dame, and Giannis. And I don't know how many people watch the All-Star game. I I just love seeing the combinations of, of different superstars playing together. And when Steph and Dame shared the court together, it was awesome. Like those guys were taking turns pulling the trigger from like forty five feet. Like it was, it was amazing. I and you had a healthy clay to that mix, like burying clay in the corner, and then letting those two guys just kind of like take turns stretching out a defense. Uh, man, that would be awesome to watch. I, how do you guard two dudes from thirty feet? You can't. Like James three. Wiseman is going to be really good in that offense. Yeah, three. Well, I think James Wiseman probably has to be involved. In that trade well, probably, to get Dame, yeah. maybe you can give Portland the seven and Wiggins for the money, and then figure something else out. But I imagine that Wisen probably is going to Portland in that trade. Yeah, but you have three guys on that team that can pull up from thirty. Yeah, every possession and probably make forty thirty five percent of those shots from thirty feet. Like, how do you, I don't know how you guard? It's them. also going to be a layup line on the other end of the floor. Uh, but sure. But hey, threes threes are worth more than twos, right? Uh, well, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Clay Clay is going to die playing defense with Dame and Steph. Yes, Clay and so Clay fun, and Draymond so. are going to be busy, busy people. Yeah, I mean, look, it. I'm like, it's kind of hypocritical, I guess, to like, w- like want Dame to go to Golden State, but be mad, like, be frustrated that Kevin went. But also, Steph and Clay are older; like, they're not. Well, it also he, Dame's not the best player in the NBA. That's true. He's not. The, yeah. He, and, and it's not like I think I think the I guess a lot of the outrage over Kevin Durant going to Golden State was the fact that he just joined the team that beat them. Well, and they were the, the they playoffs. were clearly the two best teams in the West. Like it was right. Golden State and it was OKC. He left the second best team to go to the first best team. Right. Yeah. And Portland is not one of the best teams. Golden State is not one of the best teams. And Dame is not the best player. Like it's I don't even think it's close to being the same scenario and none of us would say that golden state was the favorite to win the title even if they add dame probably not no 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 absolutely not now if dame joined the lakers i think it's fair to say the lakers might be the favorite to win the title like the lakers and the nets would be a great series if you put dame lillard with anthony davis and lebron james because that's exactly what they're missing i mean yeah what do you do against that lakers team like either you you leave Dame open from three, and then Davis and LeBron just go post yeah. up and dominate, 
or vice, are you, whatever you just, you, you can't stop it because Dame can right. hit so many, you get threes from everywhere. And then LeBron and Davis could just dominate the paint. You just have to pick your poison. For the same reason and, you can't stop Brooklyn is they can, they can score from so many different areas and they can stretch you out in so many ways that all yeah. of a sudden like Blake Griffin ends up beating you or Joe Harris ends up beating you or Jeff Green ends up beating you because you just can't be everywhere because you have to dedicate so much attention to all these different guys, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Dame Lillard at the half court line. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. Just for the entertainment aspect, I think the league will be more fun next year if Dame is out of Portland. But from like a, uh, I guess like an integrity standpoint of the league, yeah. it will be a lot better if Dame's, because Portland's just not going to do anything. So Dame's going to waste away in Portland yeah. and that sucks. But, you know, a superstar staying with a team for, his entire career, you know, throughout his prime is way more as equally as important, I guess. Yeah. Well, it sucks because like Milwaukee recognized that they had something elite with Giannis and that they were going to have to be aggressive and they, they got aggressive. Like look at the pieces they brought in over the last couple years to, even though it wasn't like an Anthony Davis type piece, they brought in, they were super all-stars. aggressive to bring in all-star caliber players to surround Giannis, to, to give the talent around him where it's even possible. It's not possible for Portland to win right now. Like, your second best player no, is C.J. McCollum. No like, you're just, that's that's impossible. Unless, I, I unless you're going through the postseason and everybody gets hurt that you're playing. But even then, like, it's, that, that Portland team has nice role players, but you've got to have, I mean, in today's NBA, you have to have three all-star caliber, like literally the Bucks have three all-stars. Giannis Middleton and Drew Holiday. And two of them you can't count on night to night. Right. (laughs) Offensively. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know what I hope. I, I like things getting crazy. But also, the NBA has been so crazy lately that, like... Because Thanksgiving crazy gives us something to talk about. Yeah. But at the same time, like, things have gotten so crazy that it's kind of hard to be, like, a real fan of the league. And I talked about this a few weeks ago, that if you watch the NBA in the 90s, and even, like, throughout the 2000s, like, there was still, like, an aspect of teams had different styles. Yeah. So, like... You could be a fan of like Phoenix in the 2000s because they played so fast and they shot threes and like that's fun to you. Or you could be a fan of the Pistons who were just super physical and you know Rashid and Ben Wallace were just do- like bullying people. There was still that element of like teams had different personalities. I think today's NBA everybody's the same because of analytics. Pretty that much everybody yeah. is trying to play the same style of basketball. That it, it you lose that aspect of fun and then when te- players change teams all the time, it's hard to like develop this hatred for any teams yeah like i think it's great for the nba to have a villain like the warriors were great for the nba in my opinion because they became this ultimate villain yeah and you just don't get that these days it's kind right, of funny right though now. that the the league has gone to this trendy brand of basketball but the last two nba champions have been the the two teams that have really gone completely against the grain as far hey, as how yeah. they built their team right like the lakers last year just went super big and they didn't have a bunch of great shooting guard play. And then this year, I mean, good Lord, the Bucks were just the best defensive team in the league by a mile. But offensively, they were pain. We were texting back and forth throughout the series about how painful they were to watch it in stretches offensively. 
Yeah. And that's the NBA champion. I I think that shows, I mean, I think it says a lot to one, the luck that's required to win an NBA title throughout an incredibly long playoff run. And two, that having the best player on the floor is the most important thing that you can have throughout an NBA playoff run. Right. One guy can win you a title. Because the Nets were without two superstars and literally almost did it with the best player on the floor. Right. LeBron, I mean, Anthony Davis, you can make an argument for Anthony Davis or LeBron, which one you want to pick was the best player on the floor last year, but nobody throughout that playoff run last year was better than Anthony Davis or LeBron James. Right. And it's every year like that. For sure. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm very conflicted on the NBA because I had like I, this these playoffs from round one, well, not round one, round two to the game last night. I had a lot of fun watching them. And I thought they were very entertaining. I thought the second round was incredible. Those second round matchups were so much fun to watch. Yeah. And I was every day couldn't wait to get home and watch the, the playoffs that night. But I know we're going to get back to the regular season. And it's going to be the same thing where like it just I can't get into it. It's because it sucks, Aaron. It's not even close to yeah. the same product. But Right. It's, that's what I'm saying yeah. is it's. Pick any game, like you could pick any game on League Pass, and you're going to watch the same two teams play, basically. Yeah, it's yeah, it all looks the same. Yeah, and I mean, uh, like even in the you mentioned the early rounds, like the early rounds, we even saw, I think, more regular season style basketball than for sure than no postseason. Yeah. Like it, it took even like I think an extra round to really start seeing the postseason basketball. Like we've just never been at this point before, where literally every single playoff game you watch has a forty point scorer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but Giannis scored 50. Giannis, as good as Giannis was, like, Giannis scored 50 in a deciding game. There was 35 in a series. Yeah. Like, how many 40-point I mean, games were there this postseason? It has to be a record. Like, there's no way it's not a record. And I, be- yeah. I I would feel comfortable saying it's a record by a lot. Yeah, I mean... I'll look that up later today. I'll, okay. I'll every, I mean, yeah, for- every series, I'm sure, had yeah. at least a couple 40-point yeah. games. Devin Booker had a few... Sure, Paul George had a couple. I'm sure that uh, LeBron had a couple. We had five in the finals, right? Devin Booker did it twice, and Giannis did it three times. Three, yeah. Did did Middleton ever get to forty, or was he like maybe high thirties? Maybe against Atlanta, but I think he got. I don't think he ever hit that forty mark. Because there was that one game against Atlanta. I want to say it was Game Six where he went absolutely insane. Yeah, but I think he still only ended up with like thirty six. Didn't Chris Paul have a couple forty point nights in this postseason? I don't know. I same thing with. Chris. I think he got to like thirty. Okay. He maybe got to forty, but I think I know at one point against Denver, he scored thirty-eight, and it was the most he had scored in like three years. Uh, Middleton scored forty in Game Four of of the finals. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So add another one to the finals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Six, scoring's crazy. Yeah. It's. But I mean, hell, do you, I mean when you have great perimeter defense. I mean, it can be the difference. I mean, but even then, the perimeter defense wouldn't it would not have won them the title if Giannis wasn't unstoppable on offense. Yeah. But again, he's doing it a different way than what the trend is in the league right now. Uh, by the way, and got a great matchup, right? Like, oh yeah, DeAndre Ayton had no chance. No chance. We talked. Yeah. Um. So. I okay. Can I, can I change the topic? Yeah. For yeah. A for sure. For sure. Okay. Because I, I want to get your opinion. Okay. Was 
Nick, did Nick Saban throw out the greatest recruiting pitch of all time at SEC Media Day yesterday? About, when he said um, Bryce Young. Oh, hold on, he real quick, Bryce. real quick. Uh, okay. Chris Paul scored forty-one in the deciding game against the Clippers. Okay. Sorry, that page was loading and it was going really slow and it finally like popped up. So, uh, okay. yes, yes, absolutely. That Bryce Young is uh, at nearly seven figures for endorsements. Yeah, and he's not played a single snap. Yeah, well, he, yeah he's not started a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. How do you top that recruiting pitch? Just some high school kid yeah. that you don't even have to be. You don't even have to have started a game yet, and you come to Alabama. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be rich. Absolutely, you're make a lot of money. And I look, I I I I believe him too. I don't even think that's just like. Oh yeah, there's. I don't even think that's fodder. That like that's real. If you don't think the, that Ala, like. You are delusional if you are unaware of what Alabama football means in that state. Yeah. I mean, it changes the whole landscape of recruiting with the NIL stuff because like, I'm not saying that like you could go to Oklahoma state and make, you're not going to make seven figures probably. But like if you're Mike Gundy, you could easily tell a kid like, Hey, look, like I promise you, you come here, I can get you a hundred thousand dollars in endorsements. Right. Yeah. $50,000. Like, as an eighteen-year-old, somebody told me I could. They'll give me fifty thousand dollars a year, like a hundred percent. Yeah, like I'll go play at that school, and I think it. I think it might level the playing field, honestly. It will, yeah. I like. I think there, in some instances, the rich will get richer, but at the same time, like if you're if Bryce Young, who what is he a, is he going to be a redshirt freshman this year? Uh, I'm not sure. He, he's he. Hasn't been there long though. So if I, I think this will be, I think he'll be a redshirt freshman. But if you're the next quarterback, like yeah, it's great for Alabama to say like if you're our quarterback, you're going to make seven figures. But you may not be that guy for three seasons. Like that's the other thing you have. Like if you have a young guy that's in place, like you know, you may be on the bench for three years before you see that endorsement money. Yeah. Um, according to. ESPN, or according to, let's go to the Alabama roster. He's a true sophomore. Okay. But I I think that it levels the playing field out because if you're a four-star quarterback, for example, yeah, and you could go somewhere like Miami, Miami can get, you could get some pretty damn good endorsement deals playing at the University of Miami. Well, well, there was just a deal where like the entire team got an endorsement. From a gym owner, right? Yeah, Yeah. from a gym owner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, go back to the, that, the, the run in the 2000s where you had that guy that was doing the Ponzi scheme was giving all the, they were already getting endorsements under the table. Now they can do it legally. But if you're a four-star quarterback and you're deciding between like Alabama in Miami and Alabama's got Bryce Young who's already got all these endorsements and Miami's got nobody yeah. at the quarterback position that has endorsements. You could go sign for Miami for that hundred thousand dollar endorsement, or you could go to Alabama and get right. no money. Right. I mean it could change it completely changes the landscape potentially of recruiting. Yeah. And could I hopefully will even out the playing field. Tennessee is another program where there are a lot of boosters and there's a lot of people that are fans of Tennessee and Knoxville that have plenty of money that they would. I'm sure they would love to help get better recruits and return that program. One thousand percent. They pack that stadium a hundred thousand strong every every Saturday. Michigan, like there, the, all these programs that have been these like mm-hmm. big programs that cannot figure it out over the past you know 15, 20 years. They have money, 
they just can't get the recruits over going to Alabama and just winning. Yeah. If you throw money in the equation, like money that isn't going to get them in trouble, like it completely changes everything. USC is another example, I think, of a team that can't figure it out. They will have plenty of money to throw around. Yeah, it just becomes a question of, do you want to go to Alabama or Clemson and wait two years? Because paid. they're so loaded at every position that yeah. it may take a little time for you to get your opportunity. Um, because l- literally with those teams every year, like look at the watch list at every position and those teams have multiple guys at every position. So there are freshmen that go in there and play immediately, but most of the time there oh, are five-star and four-star athletes that it takes a couple years for those guys to get on the field. Yeah, I mean, how many dudes at Alabama play one year and then go in the first round? Yeah, yeah, they sit for two years. They go, they they start for a year and then like they're a, a high-round pick. So yeah, yeah it's like... You could still do that, and from a draft standpoint, that still makes a lot of sense. Or, if you want money now, you can go to Michigan and get paid immediately as opposed to sitting behind Bryce Young for two seasons. And look, there's kids that you know are privileged and they come from families that are have money, comfortable, and they don't need that. They can wait two years, you know, to get that endorsement money. Yeah. And there's a lot of kids though that like their family struggles and if they could go to uh in arkansas and get fifty thousand dollars in endorsements like within six months to a year and help their family out like that's hard to turn down for a lot of kids so like it's gonna be interesting i i it like i've said it i've broken record but i really think that it's gonna change college football and probably for the better i think the i think it's crazy that these kids can't you know make money off their own autographs and stuff like that but right I mean, if, and I know there's like school specific things that like the NI, they'll have like specific NIO rules. Like, I think that Ohio State, like, it's, you still can't like sell gear or anything like that, which I get that. Like, you should, if you don't want, the team doesn't want you to sell the uniforms and stuff like that, then that's fine. But like autographs or anything like that, like appearances, like, you should be able to make money off of that. It's crazy. 100%. I mean, how much money did Baker Mayfield make the University of Oklahoma? Oh. Yeah, millions. Millions and millions. millions of dollars. And he could not make a dime off of his own face. Yeah. Johnny Football well, and A&M, right? Like, 100%. A- we weren't even talking about A&M before Johnny Football got there. And he, he made some money off his autograph. He it's did not, make some money, not, but like, like... It's not like he didn't. No, for it. sure. But like, my point is, like, he made them relevant in college football. He, he made them... He took them to a level that they had not been at in, in my life years yeah right and uh, and they have not even come close since then as much as AM fans want to say that they're there they're not they're, they have not even come close to being to the and they went what nine and three the best year they had yeah with johnny manzella were nine and three yeah but they were nationally relevant yeah they i mean they're going to be a preseason top 10 this year because again like they're, they're he put the trajectory of that program on a different level than it was now you still, you know, I'm not saying that that mean that turns into wins, but I'm just saying A and M is viewed considerably different today than it was right. before I mean, if, Manziel if got Johnny, there. If Johnny Manziel doesn't go to A and M, Jimbo Fisher probably doesn't go to A and M. Absolutely, 100 percent correct. I mean, they might have had the money that they had. They threw at Jimbo still, but they wouldn't have had that like yeah. image as like this is a reputable program to go to right. leave a Florida State that you were you won a national title. And I think part of it, though, is that Jimbo just completely just effed up that entire program, and he knew it, and he was just trying to get out for of Dodge. For sure, for sure. 
and A and M threw a bunch of money at him, but still. But like, but are those somewhere. are those are, are the people spending money at A and M as excited to spend money if they're not excited about the football program? And Johnny no. Johnny Football got them excited about the football program. Yeah. So yeah, and A and M is going to be a team like they recruit really well as it is, but they've got so much money. Yeah, they that runs through that program through boosters and like it, it, I don't know if you've been to College Station, but. Outside yeah. of Houston being like an hour and a half away, there's nothing around there. Like it's all it is is just Texas A&M football for yeah. like a two or three hundred mile radius. Yeah, and everybody's saying howdy when they walk by you. It's extremely uh, weird. Hate that place. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lauren's uh, Lauren's mom graduated from there, and her brother graduated from there. It's, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Talked yeah. about this. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. I was like, oh, it's 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 a different world in that town, but. Yeah, I like to give them a hard time, but yeah, it's. I'm not I got uh, one time I got, I went down there for a party, like we're just like a weekend thing, like we're just going down to college. I got some buddies going A and M, so like a few of my buddies from Austin, like we all meet up. We're gonna go party for a weekend in College Station. Kind of like the Johnny Football partying in Austin thing. Yeah, the first night I was the first time that I had ever uh, partook in marijuana. <laughs> And I got so, I got so high. It's just out of my mind. Like these dudes were like, uh, they were like telling me things to do. Like I didn't know. I never smoked weed before. Yeah. And they just got me just completely obliterated out of my mind. There's a picture on my Facebook. I'll send it to you. Okay. Where like, right. It was probably like 10 minutes after. And, uh, the next day we go, eat, we go eat Taco Bell. We're like hanging around, like just killing the afternoon. I got, the worst food poisoning that I've ever had that from that Taco Bell. So like we're at this apartment and there's probably 50, 60 people in there. Like, I mean, college just going crazy and I'm just puking my guts up over the balcony. And they're like, dude, you had so much. You're so drunk, huh? I'm like, no, I'm like just miserably sick. I ended up going to the hospital that night. Oh, I all night, just all night. And then like at 4am I threw up and it came out of my nose that's the worst. And I'm like, all right, I should probably go to the hospital. And I asked my buddy to go with me, but he was completely hammered. So I had to drive myself to the hospital. Oh, just, I stopped. Like, I think I stopped two or three times to throw up in a parking lot. And he was, he was super drunk. And, uh, he, I, he was trying to navigate me to the hospital, but you know, he's drunk. It's not yeah. going well. Yeah. So like, it took us 25 minutes to get to the hospital. <laughs> uh, Shout out to him, though, because he waited in the lobby for probably a few hours. That, yeah, that's brutal. Being hammered waiting in the lobby is yeah. brutal. I remember they gave me an IV drip, and I passed out for a couple hours, then we left. And, and then I drove poisoning. back to oh, Austin. That's, that's awful. It was a terrible night, but... Freaking College Station, Good man. Lord. I, w- I would hate College Station as well, just based on that story alone. Yeah. First night was fun, though, but after yeah. that, it was... It was brutal. Oh, yuck. Yeah. Um, food poisoning is no joke, man. Oh, it's... Like, everybody's been, like, sick to their stomach and thrown up, but food poisoning is a whole different level because there's, like, a violence to it. You can't you can't stop, like... Yeah, there's, like, a... Yeah, it's, it's like, a violent version of throwing up. Like, it's it's awful. All of my experiences with food poisoning have just like the, in the worst timing as well. Like I don't ever get food poisoning when I'm at home. Yeah. Like the, the story I just told, um, 
Rosie had food poisoning. We went to Vancouver and she got food poisoning the second day we were there. And I'm like, dude, we just spent so much money to come on this vacation. And like, I want like, and she's just puking her guts up. I can't, I'm mad at her, but like, it's so, fr- like, I'm so yeah. frustrated. Like, ugh. yeah, it sucks. Food poisoning is all around. It just sucks. Yeah. I got food poisoning once from an olive garden on Christmas Eve and all of Christmas day. I, I mean, it was, it was off that whole night. Most of that day I was in bed. I had a big, you know, like I between, between like making it to the bathroom and throwing up or just like having to throw up in a trash can next to the bed. Like it, it was absolutely miserable. Oh, I've only had, I've, I've only had the flu one time in my life and I got it and I got it on Christmas day. Oof. Yeah. Like I had to go to the doctor on Christmas day. Yeah. It, yeah. Being sick sucks, man. It's not good, dude. It is not good. Because there's not really ever, as an adult, there's not really ever a good time to be sick. Yeah, that's true. There's always something you're like, oh, fuck. I can't deal with this right now. I've got too much on my plate. Right. I cannot be sick right now. As a kid, kid, who cares? Like, either I stay home from school or it's the summer. Like, yeah, like, I, well, I hated getting sick in the summer because all your friends are doing cool shit and you're like, fuck, I'm stuck at home. But like during, yeah, I I never minded getting sick during the school year because it's just like, all right, I'm Sometimes like, I, I don't feel good, but like, I'm going to lay home and like, what, you know, rent movies. Maybe. Like usually my mom would go like rent some, some movies for me and I would just lay in bed and watch movies all day or like, you know, play NBA jam on Sega or whatever it was. Right. But yeah, I think there's a reason kids fake sick. Yes, to stay home from school. for sure. It's because it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, let's hit this before we, uh, before we get out of here. Um, Aaron Rodgers turning down the, uh, Packers offer to make him the richest player in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit over the past couple months. Like I, I said it before. I think you, I think you probably agreed with me. Like, I think that he retires before he goes back to green Bay and this returning this offer down is just a nail in the coffin for me in that idea, because to turn down being the richest player in the NFL, I know it's only a two-year deal, but he's, he, I mean, who knows how long he's going to play, but he just, I don't think there's any amount of money that's going to keep him in Green Bay at this point. Yeah. And he, I mean, this just kind of reiterates that and backs that up. And I don't know what they do. I don't, I, the front office seems pretty stubborn right now about trading him. And I mean, we're, they're running out of time. Like we're a few weeks away from training camp starting. Hell, less than that, probably. Like, help, like two weeks away from training camp starting yeah. and the preseason starting in a few weeks. But yeah. I I think both sides are just going to be stubborn and we're going to have a year without the reigning MVP, which how many players in any any sports won the MVP and then just decided not to play the next year? Right. No, it's uh, I think that bridge is burned. Yeah. And uh, I I feel like he's at the point where he feels like he's accomplished enough and made enough money that uh, either do it his way or uh, he feels comfortable stepping. Like, to, to, to be at the point where you are the MVP of the league and say, like, okay, if you don't want to do it my way, then, like, you're going to let the walking MVP leave? Think about it. Yikes. Think about it. He's been to two consecutive NFC Championship games. He's a reigning MVP. Uh, if you watched him last year, I mean, 
he, he, I think you could probably easily make the argument he was the best quarterback in the league last year. Oh, even over Patrick Mahomes. He had the best season for sure. For sure. Regular season. Yeah. Yeah. He had the best season for sure. And then just to say, you know what? I hate this organization so much right now that I'll just quit rather than play another snap in that uniform. Yeah. I mean, I respect it. I mean, it sucks because I don't want Aaron Rodgers to retire right now. Like, he was so good last year that I want to keep watching him play. He's one of my favorite players to watch play. But I respect it if he's just going to, if he's just like, F you, I'm not playing for you to the extent that he's just going to walk away. I think it's crazy that um, you, you look at the NFL, and obviously, like, the Packers are on the the Mount Rushmore of NFL organizations, right? Like, when you consider everything they've accomplished throughout NFL history, like they're one of those elite organizations in the NFL to look at this 30 year stretch where basically they've had two quarterbacks in Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, who are, I think both in the top 10 greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And for it to reach a point with both of those guys where they are disgusted with the organization is mind blowing to me. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about what, 1990, since 92? Yeah, yeah, like 92 or 93-ish, yeah. Yeah, they have they have been set at quarterback for 30 years, like yeah, you said. 30 say. years. Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and look, let's not pretend like either of those guys are the easiest dudes to deal with. Both of those guys are big personalities, right. and I'm sure that they can be assholes. I'm sure, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, for sure. But well, look, I think Brett came across as ex- as extremely likable, but I can see that side as well. Like I can see where he Brett. would be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Well, I, you look, here's an example of why he's a pain in the ass because he opted to go to Minnesota just to play green Bay two more times, two times a year. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a, that's an asshole move. And I respect I it. I love but it. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're doing. Like I, those dudes like gave you so much for 10, 15 years of their life in a physical and the most physical sport there is. And yeah. to just get to that point of the, towards the end of their career where you're just saying F you, well, I guess there, I, well, you know what? I don't know what the issue is then. It's gotta be like a personality thing because green Bay is not necessarily saying F you to Aaron Rodgers because they're throwing a lot of money at him. Yeah. It's just got to be a personal thing. Well, it's, and I don't know what I, I it think is. It's, like, I, don't know. I, I think it's it's really easy to just look at what Tampa Bay did in the last 12 months around Tom Brady. You can build, yeah. And just saying, look, we have a chance to win a Super Bowl and do yeah. everything in your power to win a Super Bowl. And if you think that Green Bay has done that around Aaron Rodgers, you're fooling yourself. Like, has... has I, I think there's this idea that you either have to say that like Green Bay's done everything to do that or they've done nothing, and that's not true. They have they've done a lot of good things. But they've not gone all in. Like they haven't right. I, I believe that if you have the chance to win a Super Bowl, and and this is probably true of most sports, like you have to either decide, am I willing to mortgage like what the organization that we might be five years down the road to to do everything in my power to win today? And Tampa Bay clearly did that. And look, it might not have paid off. Like, they could have lost, not won the Super Bowl, and then, like, not been able to do a lot down the road. But it worked for them. Like, Green Bay hasn't reached that point where it's like, we're going to do everything we can to win while we have 
a guy that literally is one of the greatest to ever play the position. That's true. Because, like, people will say, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's in a really good offense. He's got Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Like, he's got good players. This is true. Those are great players. Yeah. But Aaron Jones is a guy that they took, they got lucky they hit on right. in a fifth round pick out of UTEP. Devontae Adams was a second round pick out of Fresno State. Like, these are dudes that they just got lucky on. Yeah. It wasn't guys that the organization were like, making an extended effort to like bring in and put talent around Aaron Rodgers. You're right. Yeah. Like Tampa Bay built their core of their team around the draft, but they still went out and got Gronk. They got Antonio Brown. Like they made efforts uh, and Dominican Sue, like they made efforts to give these established players some money and bring them in and build that team up even better. And yeah, you're right. Green Bay hasn't done that. Green Bay has Robert Tanyan and Alan Lazard and like, these are not guys yeah. that Aaron Rodgers and Super Bowl winning teams have as their second best player or second best weapon receiver, whatever the position is. You're right. Like they Green Bay easily could have went out and signed an Antonio Brown. Or if you don't want, you know, the distraction, they could have went out and traded for a Julio. Like you could have figured th- things out. Leonard Fournette, right? Better. Like say what you want about yeah. Leonard Fournette and how good he is, but he was a factor in Tampa Bay winning the Super Bowl last year. Especially in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, but, like, again, it's one of those things where it's easy to not spend that money, but they did it because they felt like he's a guy that can help us, and he's available. Yeah. Like, we, we, we're we not worried about what that means two years down the road. We're worried about, can we win it now because our window's open? And you know what's crazy is that we're in this stage where Green Bay is not doing this. They're not putting that effort to bring these dudes in to help Aaron Rodgers and you know win another title. But if you go back to like the early part of last decade, they go out and they spend money on Charles Woodson, and they win a Super Bowl. Then they go out and they bring in Julius Peppers, and they didn't win a Super Bowl. But like they were in this stage where they were making this effort to build this great team yeah. and spend some money. And for whatever reason, in the past what five years, six years. Aaron Rodgers still at his prime, best player in the league last year, won the MVP, and like there's just this effort to there's no effort to bring those same guys in now, and it's not because they're losing money. There was there was a report the other day that like showed the Packers like financials like revenue from last year, yeah. and like <laughs> it wasn't bad. Like that organization has money. Every every organization in the NFL has money. There's no organization that's struggling, right? The NFL is printing money. Right. Even like Washington, who struggles to sell out home games, is not struggling for money by any means. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it boils down to. It's just like they haven't done a bad job, but if you are Aaron Rodgers and you look at at, you know, your counterpart in Tom Brady and his situation and the organization that he plays for, who he's only been with for a couple seasons. It's not like he spent his entire career there doing everything in their power to put the pieces around him to win versus the Packers not doing that. I think it'd be extremely easy to be frustrated with the organization on top of the personality issues and, and everything else. I'm just looking at this from a, you know, building a championship team standpoint. Yeah, which they're not doing. They're because not. they're close. Like, Green Bay, even without making any other moves, Green Bay is one of the teams that could win the Super Bowl next year. For sure. No, not so, now. Not if Aaron Rodgers Well, there, I mean, but, with Aaron Rodgers in place, though, right. like, even if they don't add anything, they're, like, one of the teams that I would say, if they wanted, I wouldn't be shocked. Why and, wouldn't you try and, and add the extra pieces to maybe get you over the hump? It just, I don't know. 
I, yeah. And, and look, they've hit on some draft picks for sure over the past few years. But we, I mean, we've seen it over the past few, like couple of years. Like you need to have a mix of those established guys that you spend some money on in free agency or trades with the young guys. Tampa Bay had a great mix. Yeah. Kansas State had a great mix the year before. Philadelphia, like it just, you have to have a mixture on your roster, and Green Bay just right now isn't willing to do that. Yeah, I don't. And think, not to mention, they had a terrible draft this year. Yeah, I I don't think the recipe to spend money in free agency is why on on like big players is wise unless you're a contender. Like if you're not a contender, no. Don't yeah. spend money. It doesn't make any sense. Like build through the you draft. Don't be Washington every year, right? But if you are on the verge, like that's you have to do that. Go get because there are a million. There are I say a million. There are a bunch of players every year, like the Earl Thomases of the world, that can that are still playing at an elite level, but are going to get paid way too much. And teams like the Jets or whoever are just going to be like, you know what? We need to rebuild. We don't need to have all this money dedicated to these guys that are great players, but like aren't helping us win because we're not any good. Go get those guys, bring them in on short contracts, pay them money. And, and maybe that puts you over the top. I mean, think about the impact that Jason Pierre, Paul and Dominic yeah. had on Tampa Bay. 100%. Uh, the, yeah, the edge rusher too, to throw him out there. I can't, his name Shaq Barrett. Mind right now. Shaq Barrett. Yeah. Just like, you just, you need to be aggressive and like, Make some moves, and they just—they're not doing it. Yeah, and it's gonna suck if he's not there, or he's not in the league. I don't care if he's in Green Bay, but yeah. it's gonna suck if Aaron Rodgers is in the league next year. Yeah, no, I agree. To—I to, mean, has there ever been an MVP that didn't play the next season? I don't know if in any sport there's been an MVP that didn't play the next season. That, like walked away from the game. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. I mean. I mean, maybe Jordan wasn't the league MVP, but maybe you could throw him in yeah, that. Like, that would be. He was still the best player in the league, and like, yeah, he won a Finals MVP, but he did it twice. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Barry Sanders was a year removed from his 2,000 yard season. His last season, he rushed for 1,500 yards and then walked away. It was still great, but yeah. like. He didn't like have the best one of the best seasons of his career and then walk away. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Let's let's not let's throw Lions players out the window because I guess Kevin Calvin Johnson might yeah. be in that same conversation right. of guys that were still at their in their prime and retired. But did Jordan win the final the league MVP in ninety three ninety in ninety three? No, Barkley. No, did. Barkley did. Barkley did. Barkley did. Yeah. So. As far as like guys that won the regular season MVP and didn't play the next season, I did Jordan win the the league MVP his last year or was that Malone's year? I can't. I'm I think it was Carl Malone. Carl Malone won two years in a row, right? I don't think he won it two years in a row, did he? I think he only won one of those. I think the other one was Jordan, but I can't remember which was which. I got the list pulled up here. Uh... No, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Michael did win it. Okay, he did win the. Okay, so Michael did. So walk Jordan away. won the MVP and then yeah, yeah, didn't play. Yeah, walked away. Malone did win twice, but he Jordan split. Yeah, his two yeah, MVPs. that's right. Yeah, 
Well, I knew that the 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 two finals appearances with the Jazz, one of them was Malone was a Malone MVP year, and one of them was a Jordan MVP year. But I could never yeah, remember which was which. Yeah, it's crazy though to I mean just. I can't think of another guy. Like he's the conversation is going to be Aaron Rodgers and Michael Jordan potentially is the yeah. only two guys to not to walk away after winning an MVP. Right, and we just watched an entire series about what idiots the Bulls front office were for for doing that. Yeah, letting him, yeah. And they've not even... And they've never recovered. They yeah, have never spent the last 23 years trying to recover. Yeah, because they wanted to they wanted to do the, the rebuilding process. Stupid. It'll be so much fun to try and build a winner. We so let's, let's, let's stop winning now well, so we can try to build a winner. Dude, we'll have Derrick Rose in 10 years. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll be good for like years. I heard this conversation yesterday on the radio. Uh, do, do you think the contract offer to Aaron Rodgers is in any way a slight against what the Packers believe uh, Bryce Love is? No. Or Jordan Love, I, I mean. mean. Jordan Love. Sorry. I don't. How Bryce Love might be making more money than Jordan yeah. Love right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't, I, mean, I don't think so because like Rogers is the best quarterback he, in the league right. right he's now. the he's the MVP like we just talked about. So for me, it's like no, I, I think that's more of a like Aaron Rodgers is capable of winning a Super Bowl right now. Whereas even if you think Jordan Love is really good, like you don't know what that's going to look like on Sundays. I don't think that. I don't think that. I don't think the draft pick of Jordan Love in the first place was ever because they thought Jordan Love was a great quarterback. I think that they were just panicked about Aaron Rodgers possibly retiring. Yeah. And they also kind of wanted to stick it to him. Yeah. So they took a quarter. He was the best quarterback available at that point, possibly. Yeah. So they just took him. Trade no, okay. I should, re- yeah. I should clarify. Aaron Rodgers, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. It's obviously Patrick Mahomes, but like just based on his performance. Yeah. He had, year, well, he had the best he season. Like that's, yeah. Right. He had the best season last year. Like, there's nobody even, like, Patrick Mahomes is undeniably the best quarterback Agreed. in the league right now. Agreed. It's kind of like the NBA MVP award. Like, there can be the best player in the world, and there can be the guy that is having the best season. See that, right. Yeah, for, nobody's saying Jokic is the best basketball player in the world right, right now. Right, right. Jokic is not the best basketball player in the world, but, like, it was clear he was the MVP last, last and year. There's narrative issues. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, he had the best season. All right, man. Good stuff. Anything else you got on your mind? Um, no, no. I think I'm talked about the Bryce Love stuff. The Aaron Rod. No, I'm. I don't think there's much going on. I mean, I mean, depending on how you feel about the U.S. Women's National Team losing, but I don't mean. Did they lose? Yeah, they lost to Sweden three nil. Oh. First time in like what 40, yeah. 44 matches. So yeah. I mean that's that's something, but you know. I did uh, I did catch a little bit of the uh, women's softball game. Was that yesterday? Maybe last night? Maybe I don't know. I yeah, U.S. does like U.S. has to dominate that, right? Like, is there? I don't I don't know much about international softball, but. That seems like something that the U.S. would just. They absolutely said on the destroy. broadcast that I believe Japan was um, Japan and the U.S. were the favorites to win. So, 
don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know international softball either, but I saw it on. I, even, I stopped yeah. and watched it for a little bit. I have to imagine there's probably only like 20 countries in the world that even play softball. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. Let's get to I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to get men's softball in uh, the Olympics. Get some like men's slow pitch softball in the Olympics. Let's do that. I'm in. Um, number one draft pick, Pete Alonso. Yes. Have you have you ever watched like professional men's slow pitch? I've I've seen it. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. I yeah. would be all in for the, that. The they Olympics. have the home run rules, right? Like you can only. Yeah, you can only hit like ten home runs in a game or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or like there's like yeah, it's not, there's a number of the amount of home runs that you can hit before they're out. They become outs. Right, and all these dudes are built like they're all like yeah. six. Six four oh, yeah. three eighty. Yeah, it's yeah. So it's, so it's the goal so is to only use your home run swings when like you get the bases loaded. Loaded, yeah. yeah. yeah that's so insane. Like, ah oh, shit, I hit a home run. Right. Out. Damn it. You hit it too far, sir. You are out. Go back to the dugout. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. Uh send me that uh send me that picture from College Station. Okay. All right. All right. We will catch up again next Wednesday, Aaron Davis. Podcast is over.